Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Calm You podcast. This is Chloe Brotheridge, your host. I'm a coach, hypnotherapist, and the author of The Anxiety Solution. So big welcome to you for listening this week. I've had um, a bit of a break for a couple of weeks over the summer, and I'm raring to go. Um, got some really great guests uh, booked in over the next few weeks. And today's guest is my friend and the incredible coach, Lucy Sheridan. She is the comparison coach. And she's someone that I really look to for incredible insights and advice. And I love what she has to say. And I think you're going to love what she says in this podcast as well. She has been called one of the most successful coaches in the UK by The Times. She's a Hay House author and she's been featured on Forbes, Grazia, Stella, amongst many, many others. And we're chatting about comparison and why it's so rife and why it's almost a taboo to admit that we experience comparison, even though so many of us are experiencing it. She talks about powerful ways that we can go from, in her words, compare and despair to comparison free. Doesn't that sound good? And she also shares about her own experiences with anxiety and how she has overcome those issues and some really practical strategies that she's used um, to help herself. Just a reminder that my online program, Your Karma Self, is launching in a couple of weeks. So if you're interested in joining this online program for giving you the tools to manage your own anxiety, just keep an eye on your emails if you're signed up to my newsletter or have a peek at my Instagram and I'll be posting about that in the next couple of weeks. So please enjoy this interview with Lucy Sheridan. So welcome Lucy, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Really good, thanks. And it's absolutely my pleasure, Chloe. Thanks for having me. It's so good to get a chance to sit down and grill you, basically, and find <laughs> out all that you know. <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, so for people that don't know you, can you tell us um, how you got to where you are now and what it is that you do at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Lucy Sheridan and I am the world's first and only comparison coach, which I know sounds super specialist and I definitely have found it difficult find, trying to find a box on LinkedIn to click when I'm like updating my profile and that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm a life coach ultimately specialised in helping people stop comparing themselves to others or stop comparing themselves to their past selves too. Um, how this how I kind of got here today was comparison's always kind of been my thing. So from when I was a really wee girl, I remember being able to rank myself against like other toddlers, you know, when I got my swim badges at school, you know, how my parents favored my brother versus me. And then it followed me through school, my education and career as well. And then um, 
I was working in the advertising industry before I was an entrepreneur, before I worked for myself. And uh, my comparison got really vicious there as well. And I ended up developing anxiety and experiencing that um, over like phase for like periods of time. And I'd find myself crying in the toilets and that sort of thing. And actually back then, and I'm sure it's the same today, I wasn't the only one either. Mm. Um, So it's not like it's saving lives or anything, but if anyone's listening to this and works in the communications industry, you'll know that it is a gnarly place to work. And um, I used to love it. And then I very quickly stopped loving it in lots of different ways. And um, so I found myself in the self-help section at Waterstones, then like onto TED Talks and listening to Oprah Super Soul Sunday and that kind of thing. Before I knew it, by following like the cosmic breadcrumbs, I'd found this I found this thing called life coaching and it sounded really interesting and I could see that there were you know CD sets and you know online courses to do but I felt like I wanted to understand myself on a deeper level really if I could think and feel myself into these difficult feelings could I think and feel myself out of them so I got a loan and invested in this life coaching training and what was supposed to be you know a passion project of mine really like something just for me that wasn't work in my spare time um evolved and I found that I loved the content I'd find myself nerding out even though my accent betrays me I'm speaking to you sitting in Brighton but I'm from Leeds and I'd have to get a train like half six in the morning some days to go to my training on Saturdays and I would be there like bright as a button with my coffee, ready to go, even though I'd done like goodness knows how many hours that week in the agency. And it just suddenly started to feel like something I wanted to pursue. And then a few things kind of lined up. And to cut a, quite a long story short, you'll be pleased to know, I ended up leaving my job um, after having quite an interesting experience in that I can count on, on one hand the number of times this has happened, but I was in a meeting at work before I decided to have my notice in um, a little while before, maybe a couple of days. And I almost heard this voice in my ear. I didn't think a thought. I heard a voice say, I won't let you pick the timing, but I'll give you what you want. Mm. And so I resigned the next day and um, had to work a three month notice period, which was a joy, (laughs) as you can imagine, and um, set up on my own. And I decided that I wanted to write and talk about comparison. And this was like five years ago. So things have moved on such a lot now. But what I noticed was even when the business was in its infancy, I could talk about anything, you know, like work-life balance or confidence, all sorts of topics. But when um, comparison came up, there was a real spike. And I thought, hold on a second. I know a lot about this. I've managed to cure my own comparison almost. Anyway, I'll massively improve my relationship with myself and reduce comparison. Perhaps I could combine what I've learned there with my coaching tools to then just do comparison coaching. So I set myself a, a test, really. And one day I said, right, for 90 days, I am going to just turn this on and see what happens ultimately. So whenever I'm on social media, if I'm asked to do a talk, if I'm with clients, whatever it is, I'm going to make it comparison focused. And if after 90 days, it's just too niche, then totally cool because this was five years ago which may as well have been 20 years ago because the well-being industry just using an ease of term language has evolved and erupted so much more and it's so amazing now but it was really early burgeoning then and I was kind of in a niche of a niche back then too so I thought if it doesn't take off I don't get any pickup then I'll just kind of say I gave it a good go and come back to it another time but I guess like the rest as I say is history because that was five years ago and today I've kind of got like 
a waiting list. There's probably going to be some other exciting things coming up, which I'll, which will be public soon. And they're all about comparison. Mm. And so who cares if you can tick a box on LinkedIn? Here I am doing what I love. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because it, at first glance, the idea of comparison seems quite niche, but actually um, you and I know kind of working with people in this way, what a big issue it is and how many people are struggling. Um, what sort of stories do you hear from people about what they're going through when it comes to comparison? Oh, what a great question. It's interesting because everyone will have, something I've come to understand is everyone will have a comparison trigger, but ultimately the effect will on their lives will be the same and like fall on a scale. So um, the sort of stories or things I notice are there'll be some people where comparisons just started to creep in, it's an irritant. And they're like, I know it's not healthy, like help me with some self-focus and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but okay, it's, it's, a, it's easy to understand how to kind of get out of it. But then there are other people on a different part of the scale where they'll sit down and they can kind of, you know, tell me their ex's, um, you know, partner history for the last two years. And they also know where their friends are going on holiday and they have been like, I used to be like that. You know, they are voracious in their surveillance almost mm. of other people in their lives and yet they're stuck on the spot. So I would say when it comes to client conversation, just anecdotally, when people chat to me about this after talks, for example, everyone will arguably have their thing, which is ironic because I feel like comparison is such a taboo. Mm. Um, you know, it's that people feel quite a lot of guilt or shame around experiencing that state. And that's something I'm passionate about busting, obviously. But everyone will have that, their thing, whether it's their wellness and health whether it's their love and relationship life, maybe it's their career and work, but ultimately it's like, if you feel it, it's real. And, um, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in comparing comparisons as well. <laughs> so mm. that's, that's a whole other topic. But yeah, people will often start with, you know, their own story or anecdote about how, you know, a friendship is suffering because they can't stop comparing themselves to, a, you know, one of their, someone who's in their social circle or their career suffering because they can't stop looking outside themselves rather than concentrating on how they're going to get their promotion or start their own business. So they know something's not quite right, but they don't really know what to do from there or also what else is, what else they can maybe tap into because um, I'm sure we kind of share this as an opinion, Chloe, but sometimes when it comes to transformation, let's just kind of use that as a nice plain language word, when it comes to transformation, it's as much about not, necessarily what you do but who you are like who are you being as well to back mm -hmm. that up so we can all tick list and you know life coach diagram ourselves into infinity can't we but sometimes it's about who are you being how are you showing up um how are people how are people treating you in your life what do you want differently and it's understanding that which i believe comparison does hold the keys to that aware does hold the key to that awareness for us individually but ultimately we have to kind of be brave enough to stand there and like hold the stare with it and rather than just have like a bitchy leak or be frustrated or you know just blame our situation or the people we have to take responsibility and think this might be uncomfortable but if i can hold the stare with this i could change my life and it's I think it really is that powerful because comparison is such a oh it's such a significant opponent to our dreams. You know it can it can it can uproot us so much and like pull the rug out from under our feet. So we've got to be able to kind of like see our enemy and know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so many interesting points there. When you say hold the stare, what do you mean by that? So I when I use that. that expression, I kind of feel like it's a bit like the analogy of, do you ever used to play that game Blinks when you were like a kid? 
and um, you'd stare at someone and the first person to blink got a dead arm or something equally <laughs> non-health and safety. But I was a child of the 80s, I don't get allowed this anymore. I'm 35 now, so just to kind of give people a bit of reference. I think it's a bit like if you're trying to stare at something and um, you want to blink. But when I use that expression, I mean, I, I think of it, like, it just like when we hold the stare with an opponent or a thing, even though this feels really stretchy, I'm not moving. Even though I'm very uncomfortable, I'm going to stay where I am. Even though I'm not sure I want to be feeling like this anymore, I'm going to see it through and just hold on, just hold on so that I can see what happens once I just kind of take that one step forward for myself. Because I know what my result is if I feel comparison and I just make my judgments and I'm maybe a bit gossipy or a bit resentful or a bit grudgy and negative and jealous etc I know what happens there it, like okay at best it might um ruin my afternoon at worst it might stop me taking action on something that's really important to me because I'm in comparison so if we hold the stare we basically kind of say to life I'm up for it this is uncomfortable but I'm up for it and that's why the analogy can kind of in, in when I think of it I, I see it very visually it's almost like standing holding the stare with the comparison mm. say like i'm a, i'm actually stronger than you i am the di- i've got the difference that makes all the difference which means my comparison isn't gonna mess with me on this one i love that perspective and really interesting that you talk about the kind of taboo of comparison because i remember um much more kind of in the past i would say rather than now though it does raise its head every now and again for me now mm. Um, but I wouldn't I didn't tell anyone that I was comparing myself to people I would have been too ashamed to admit it because I think Mm. jealousy is not a very kind of like yeah uh, it's not a very attractive quality I suppose is it we don't want to admit to it there's a shame linked to it but do you think we should kind of come out of the closet and if we're experiencing that tell share with people or what's your perspective you know I I've never been asked that before that's such a great question and my view is a bit like sharing anything feel feel comfortable sorry feel it's almost like invite yourself to push yourself out of your comfort zone but even if um when you're feeling comparison it's kind of like talking that through with yourself like when you're in the shower or you know I feel comparison because or journaling it down I think just allowing it to come out of your body and out of your system is so very very powerful and I also feel like yeah because if we do start talking about comparison what it brings up for us surely we heal it all together and let's let's be clear Talking about the fact you're comparing and the ways you're where you're comparing yourself is very different to um, gossiping about someone else. Let me give you a little bit more context on that. So, just say I'm comparing myself to you, Chloe. I might, um, you know, say to my husband, "Oh, look at Chloe. Um, I'm comparing myself in this way. I want these followers, or she's got a podcast and I haven't got a podcast. Um, she doesn't deserve it." And I have all these judgments and just go off on one about what you know, I see as negative and like, you know, make up stories about like why you don't deserve it and I do or something like that. And yeah, so I would call that having a bitchy leak, basically. So it's gone. You're like, oh, I can't take that back and it wasn't worth it. But anyway, <laughs> the worst hangovers from those in my life. But anyway, not my therapy session. Um, so, and yet if I say to my husband, oh, look, Cummy's got a podcast. I really, why, why haven't I got a podcast? What can I do to get a podcast? I'm really comparing myself there and it's making me feel really uncomfortable. Notice how the energy on that is totally different. One is about facts and inquiry 
and just expressing it out and the other is negative and like mean and nasty basically mm. yeah and I don't you're absolutely right I think to even pose the question perhaps we should be talking more about this and not be quite so vague or trying to hide it you know yeah I love I love that point you just made about um kind of how the bitchiness can come out when we compare because it's almost like our ego is feeling inferior and so we think right I'm going to take him or her down a peg or two who do they think they are oh yeah and you're trying to like claw your claw back your self-esteem somehow by trampling on the other person and it leaves you feeling worse at the end of the day when you've slagged someone else off completely completely and it's like you don't have to necessarily be kind of like calling them up send them a bunch of flowers or anything like that there's no point like not being authentic but equally it's like I say the the bitchiness it's it's just so damaging and like it's quite poisonous actually and I've you know I've had to really work on that I went to a girls school and it's like it's about survival instincts on things you know and um I think that we've got to be really careful about what we say about other people because when you're putting that kind of stuff out there it doesn't reflect well like I believe in the law of three so for example one good if I do one good thing or say one good thing it'll come back to me threefold um equally if I do a bad thing like knowingly or otherwise if I do a bad thing or say a bad thing that will come back to me threefold as well so it's um you know I want to be that you've got to think about it like transactions is it worth it mm. it's it's never ever worth it so it'll make you feel better for a few minutes but it won't ultimately get to the crux of what needs to happen yeah good advice there um what about social media then because I think social media gets blamed for a lot of things doesn't it it gets blamed a lot for anxiety um a lot for comparison is it really the big culprit that it's made out to be what what do you reckon yeah I've got it's, I, I, I like the way that this is kind of being brought up because let's face it, comparison's been around forever. So I think even in the Bible, it says something about like, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's ass or what, you know, choose another animal. I'm not quite sure what it yeah. is. And like, yeah. I'm not going to go around like looking for other people's cows or anything like that. But, you know, it, it shows even in different societies at different times, it was around in the 50s and 60s. I think it was the the phrase was kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. And that was about how your self, you know, the, your social status was um, decided by whether you had the same things or did the same things as your neighbor so to speak you know when we used to know our neighbors back in the day <laughs> I don't know any of mine now but anyway um so I think social media amplifies comparison but it shows that even before there was you know legal tender back in like biblical times we were comparing then too so I think it um it has a role to play because it's undeniable that we have so many more opportunities to compare ourselves now. You know, you only need to look at some hashtags and you'll go down the um, rabbit hole of other people that are interested in that same thing, for example, and compare ourselves about how we're, you know, stacking up as we see it compared to others there. But I will say social media will, you know, ruin your life or it will amp up your comparison if like anything if you let it and that's why I'm a big advocate for managing it and some people are often surprised to hear this that I I don't necessarily think that digital detoxes are the way forward because I think any detox can sometimes lead to almost like a kind of whiplash um, effect uh, for us when it comes to change we want to make so a bit like you know in the UK um, and maybe in other parts of the world too. But in the UK, dry January is quite popular, isn't it? So people give up booze all the way through dry January. But then the first weekend of February rocks around 
and it's like everyone's back on it again and it's and, and zero judgment you do what you gotta do guys you know you reset your liver however you want to <laughs> but um it makes me think okay well what what difference did it make was there benefit and if there was a benefit were you able to hold on to it mm. so for me I think it's important to manage it and not put yourself necessarily under a microscope, but becoming more and more aware and making more and more changes to make social media media more and more positive for you to hang out in ultimately. Because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, it's a bit of a scapegoat, but um, we, we know we're prone to it. Anyway, this is a human trait. So though it amps it up and it has definitely has a role to play, if we make it to blame, we give away our power. And I'm not very comfortable with that, to be honest. I want to think that I'm like, you know, the master of my own ship. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, one thing I really wanted to ask you was um, whether we need to take responsibility ourselves mm. for um, the fact that other people might compare themselves with us. And do we need oh, to be more yeah. responsible about what we're posting and not mm. post the per- perfect pictures. Mm. And I also wanted to know, Lucy, do people ever come to you and say, Lucy, I compare myself to you? Yes, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like, what do you do when you're the comparison trigger? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one. How I'd look at this is like, there are no social media police. I think you've got to post whatever you want to post. For a lot of us, we can never have maybe seen this coming but for many people social medias are really very much a, a um, especially instagram a really creative outlet so just like you know you might um flick through the page pa- you know pages of a magazine you expect a certain thing there are certain accounts or certain themes or certain types of people that are on social media where you expect a certain look really so to deviate from that might be messing with their art or might be messing with their look and that's totally cool no shame no judgment if that's what they're you know that's where their heads are at and the, the, what they want to present to the world absolutely because it's an interesting one about perfection because we absolutely do need to take responsibility for how we feel um but equally i would hate to think that anyone was dumbing themselves down or like feigning realness actually because mm. being real and vulnerable is very cool at the moment like if you need a spike on some um, on some posts that some of the big Instagrammers uh, need now because the algorithm doesn't place them like it used to, yeah. putting up a vulnerable post will get you right back into kind of like the top, um, et cetera. And I hope they're real. I really do. But I know behind the scenes that sometimes it's not the case, but that's for another time. Um, so I think I would never want someone to not be posting exactly what they want to, no matter how perfect it is on the scale because of how I might feel. Because then what does that say for me and how I have to police what I want to do? Because ultimately, I just want everyone to be in full expression, you know, no matter what that means for them. And also with things like imperfections and tricky times in our lives, for example, no one's entitled to know what's going on with you, whether you've got two million followers on Instagram or you haven't even got an account. Like no one's entitled to know, actually. So while we're growing these communities, I think the only rules really are the ones that you want to set and abide by for yourself so that your social media feels like something you control rather than it controls you. Um, Because this is a really important point, Chloe, that whether you like it or not, and there'll be some people listening, you, you just won't believe what I'm about to say. But I'm telling you, this is the truth. You are someone's comparison trigger, mm. at least one person's. Even if you're kind of sitting in your pyjamas with a you know, tub of ice cream, and it's not been a good week, whatever's not going right for you, no judgment, I love pyjamas and ice cream, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for those. Um, even if you feel like life's not going right for you at this moment, there'll be someone like from school, for example, 
that used to really compare themselves to you in athletics or at your school grades or who your parents were, whatever it is, someone will be comparing themselves to you right now, which is why we have to be ever so kind to ourselves as well and, and know that it all goes both ways. And to answer your point, yeah, I have had um, people say that to me. Often it's a bit like, lol, emojis, I'm comparing myself to you and I can receive it. You know, I want my DMs like, as much as I, I can't reply to all messages, but I want my DMs to be a safe place to, for people to be honest, if that, indeed they want yeah. to reach out in that way. But it has, um, but for me, tone is everything. So if I can tell when the energy and the intention is just like, oh gosh, you'll never guess what versus, ah, make me feel better, which I've sometimes had. Right. Um, and I've just when I've received a message like you, when she's been like, I've compared my, I'm comparing myself to you and it's maybe been a not so nice in tone. Um, I've just kind of said, look, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Um, but just have a think next time you reach out and share things like this, because what am I supposed to do with the rest of my day now? Like what mm. do you, what do you actually want me to do? Because I'm only responsible for me. I can only ever go halfway. Um, I did have an experience once. Uh, uh, when was it? Maybe it was a year or so back now, not this year certainly. And there was a con, there was someone that I was in touch with when I first started out, and um, I saw that they want, they were like, "Do you want to ha- hang out and have a chat and have a Skype or whatever?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds really good fun." We're not a chat, we're not chatted ages, and we did similar things. And basically, it became quite clear into the conversation that they had booked the Skype with me, and we'd set up. And there was my cup of tea and my fluffy socks on, you know, all ready to catch up. And I'm paraphrasing here, but the theme of the conversation was something like, you know, I've been seeing what you've been doing. And I've got to say, when I first saw it, I didn't think it was going to be that successful. And actually seeing it be successful has really hurt me. But I think I'm okay with it now. Interesting one. Interesting is the word, isn't it? And my face is not dissimilar from the ones that me telling the story, which is. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, is this a bad dream? Or, you know, just very very um surprising mm. but also there's this great expression which I saw on Facebook once so forgive me I don't have a reference for it but if I find one I'll gladly share it but it's um honesty without tact is cruelty and I realized when I kind of hung up that was all about them mm. they've wanted to get that off their chest and like you know forget the consequences Lucy will be okay doesn't matter and um I it really actually hurt my feelings and because I would have thought there was a friendship there, actually. And um, whereas, you know, I don't need everything to be kind of shared with me if there's a friendship there. Like I, I can hear I can I've had tough conversations with friends and got through it. So I'd like to think I was here to do the work, but it kind of hurt my feelings. My next thought, Chloe, though, was as well, what am I doing or what am I not doing or what am I not being or being that makes them think that that's OK to say to me? So not like, oh, what have I done wrong? Such they've been a bit inappropriate but as in like that's really interesting mm. they thought they a had the thought that went into like I say like booked the Skype arranged the time to then us get together and then share that and then go um you know there were lots of times we could just turn back from that and it just been like a perfectly nice cup of tea catch up and my fluffy socks mm. as people referenced um and I thought okay that's really interesting and it was from then that I really started working on energetic boundaries and about actually what was acceptable like what I'm available for and what I'm not available for um if that happened again today I would have a very different reaction and it would end with off and have an f word in front of it because I I would have zero tolerance for someone coming into my space like that um and I feel quite fierce about that she's probably hearing the tone of my voice um so 
as much as it's kind of in the past, that did leave an impact um, because as well, it's, you know, I get that not everyone's going to be rooting for me. Not root for, like not, None of us are 1 million percent supported. But what to what end was that useful? You know, because I just came away thinking, I'm never going to speak to you again. That's that was really it was a really like hard finish to the to the relationship there. Um, so yes, to, sorry, that was quite a long-winded answer, Chloe. But yes, I've absolutely had it. Um, but more, what I'm pleased to say, more than that, though, is I get people kind of saying like, you know, more positive things in terms like I was I was comparing myself, but now because I found you, I don't. And I'm like, oh, that that makes me feel good. That's why I get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's good that you've you've realised where your boundary is after having that experience, yeah. as unpleasant as it was, yeah. you've realised the boundary, and that's kind of given me food for thought as well, because I think my initial thing, if someone were to say yeah. they're comparing themselves to me, would be to kind of rush in and kind of try to caretake their feelings yeah. or tell them what a mess I am, really, and it's all just... Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And it's, it takes a lot of management, actually, because... Mm. Um, I mean, we don't have a lot of like, examples, do we, to follow? Like, we're working this out as we go along. And what's great about being in the wellbeing industry is that people are pretty tapped into how they feel. And I've had some pretty intense conversations, but it's all stayed very level. And, like, nobody's feelings have been hurt as part of it. You know, it's been an exchange. But, no, you're absolutely right. The temptation is always there to make yourself smaller. And I think, is it called tall poppy syndrome, Chloe, when um, people want to snip you down to size, see the same as the yeah. rest of poppy crop and that's not to say that oh you're so unique and so special because we're all unique and special I just like it's a great thing in A Course in Miracles we're all I'm paraphrasing but all of us are special none of us are special so it's like great the the pressure's off guys Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's such temptations like you say to rush in or belittle um even when it comes to taking a compliment so it not Mm -hmm. only can if there was like a maybe it was negatively delivered we would want to appease it pacify and make peace with it just make them feel better but equally if someone says oh you know you're doing really well it's really easy to um say oh yeah like you say like you know oh but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes as if you know people want to know or you even have to tell them because you don't Mm -hmm. you know that don't have to have your life be the fodder of other people that's why um something that you might hear me if you're around me and someone's kind enough to say something lovely I'll say thank you I received that I've had to consciously work on that Mm -hmm. to allow that to land with me thank you so much I really received that and it's weird language I know but I make myself say it because otherwise I'm just like defer central (laughs) you know it's like just allow people to tickle your tummy a little bit yeah accepting compliments is such a big one isn't it it's amazing how we deflect it or we say oh this old thing it's you know 10 years old can't believe you like this or yeah Yeah. it's really a common one um from what you're saying it sounds like we we really need to take responsibility for our own kind of um propensity to compare ourselves with people and actually just work on ourselves because i think the world that we're living in i think i think i saw someone the other day um showing the stats from two different pictures that she posted on social media yeah. one was kind of a wildlife picture and one was yeah. a bikini picture yeah and the bikini shot had, had five times more likes than the yeah. other shot so we're as consumers of social media yeah. we are clicking like on the things that are the perfect images or the yeah. perfect bodies so mm. i think as society we need to take responsibility or i don't know that's yeah. not going to change overnight is it but i suppose all we yeah. can do is for ourselves and 
work on ourselves I guess that's exactly it and and be aware of what comes up as part of that too because I can be a real I've noticed I'm really working on this very consciously at the moment is that um you know if I see someone in because obviously hello it's summer lots of people in bikinis it's boiling (laughs) you know um but I'm seeing bikini shots I'm like oh for god's sake put it away love and I'm like whoa hold on am I judging another woman there that's not cool like that is absolutely not cool and it's just like wow that's a really stubborn part of my personality run like oh that looks nice doesn't she look great she must work out nine times a day wow what commitment she's showing to her own wellness journey which is completely her own no I've gone into that oh for goodness sake another one really um and I don't like that I don't like that showing up I I don't want to be that girl yeah 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 and it's yeah it's just good to be aware of where where we do that because I think we all we all go into well, maybe some people don't, but lots of us do yeah. go into judgment when we're feeling yeah. less than or when we're, you know, it's old patterns that from, as you said, as children, we're compared to each mm-hmm. other. Who's the who's yeah. the fastest runner? Who's the, yeah, who's the best speller? Who's the best speller? <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. So it's very ingrained um, yeah, totally. and we need to kind of be aware of when that's coming up for us. Um, any kind of tips that you have for people who are, stuck in comparison what what can they start to do to free themselves from that I think the first thing to do is to and it may sound really trying and I'm going to back this up with some other actionable things too but it's decide that you're over it because this is nothing like comparison is uncomfortable but it's like a warm bath you don't want to get out of it'll keep you there like we are we are comfortable in the discomfort of it really so if you decide that you're done with comparison that's 60 percent of the job done I truly believe that and then what that does is from that decision it's okay if I've had a lifetime of comparison I'm now going to give myself months and maybe even a couple of years to really take very steady steps out of that trap and into self-focus clarity self-confidence my own thing like getting back in your own lane a bit like you know, when you pull over to a service station on the motorway, you don't just swerve onto the motorway, do you? That would be disastrous. You gently drift on, say drift, but you gently ease onto it, don't you? Yeah. That's how I look at it in terms of getting into your own lane, to use that analogy. And there's lots of things that we can do as part of that too. One of the most important parts is a little bit of self-inquiry with quite a simple but extremely powerful exercise. So I would if you're interested in this, I would advise you to save this podcast episode and come back to this um, again and again. But the, the, ultimately, the steps are look at what where you're comparing yourself and look at ultimately like, what is that trying to say to you? I believe that comparison is ultimately holding a crystal of insight for us. And a bit like that old game show, you know, the crystal maze, you have to like answer the question, do the puzzle, get the crystal and get out of there again. Um just like a game show, the crystal is, you know, the comparison trying to show you will ultimately hold the insight for you to make the decisions that you need to, what to stop doing, what to start doing, what to keep doing, etc. as part of it. So for example, if you're comparing yourself to someone's um, travel and adventure life and you've not been on holiday in two years, then your comparison is trying to show you that maybe it's time to stop living travel through your Pinterest board and look at getting a savings plan savings plan together maybe so you can actually put some cash together and get on a plane and go somewhere you know and exercise your own expression and really you know quench your thirst for adventure like that's what comparison is trying to teach you has nothing to do with the air miles of the other person and then so once you've got that insight it's then about looking at okay well yeah what can I actually do now that I know this, how do I act on this information and follow the clues from there? And if you keep going back to that over and over again, 
you'll wake up one day and you won't have a clue what anyone else is doing in their lives, truly. You won't know who's got promoted, who's got engaged, who's lost weight or put on weight or whatever it is because you're just so in your own lane. And then it becomes a, a case of just congratulating people's good news rather than feeling any side effects with it either. Um, so that's a bit of more of an involved process, but ultimately that will help unpick and really turn the lock and turn the key in the lock to um, unpick comparison. But a great tip that I heard recently through my friend Corinne was if you see someone that is has what you want or is doing what you want to do like so for example I would love to do a TED talk and I saw someone that I know had been booked to do a TED talk um and I saw him and I was like oh my god I can't believe he's been booked to do a TED talk I really want to do one and I could have just stayed there like oh he doesn't deserve it that's ridiculous you know and uh, you know would quite happily have gone on like you know a gossipy bitchy leak the whole day but Corinne's got this great thing which is you when you are triggered by comparison you immediately go to good for you and the same for me, good for you and the same for me. And if you can say the words audibly, even if it's busy, everyone's on their phone anyway, they won't notice, and use that finger because it will put you back in your body, not swirling around comparing and like, you know, having an outer body experience. And what's so powerful about that is that you simply can't be in comparison, frustration and jealousy and also be rooting for yourself and that other person. It's like trying to go left and right at the same time. You just can't do it. So the magic of like our spirit and our mind, I guess, is that it overrides the system with the good for you and the same for me, which is ultimately like that stimulus. It turns whatever we're looking at into inspiration, example, an example of data that it's possible to achieve a certain thing or have a certain thing or be, you know, be a certain person. So good for you and the same for me is absolute gold. And that's really transformed so much. Um, and I think... Something people might be surprised to hear, actually, is that if you are in comparison, you don't need to necessarily, excuse me, force yourself out of it. So, you know, like in the olden days when, like, our, you know, if your dad had, like, a petrol car, they say if you put the wrong um, fuel in a car, don't turn the ignition on. But if you do, you've got to let it run all the way through, haven't you? We've got to get the AA man out to come and clean it out. Like a nightmare job, costs a lot of money, etc. Well, I think that's similar to comparison. If you, if no one wants to be in comparison, but sometimes it happens. And if it does, let yourself feel it. Take some big belly breaths and just let that feeling of like, well, I would compare it to like quite adrenaline, quite stimulated, um, you know, anxious, lot, very emotional kind of cocktail going on. Just take deep breaths and let yourself feel it. Because actually, if you let it run through your system, you can help process it rather than suppressing it, squashing it and locking it away in a jam jar somewhere like an emotional kind of bookshelf. And then your next comparison comes along, but it's even worse because it's coming with your last comparison. They're joining forces. This one's going to be a doozy. So that, you know, um, maybe borrows from, again, that um, um, analogy I used at the top of our conversation around that hold the stare. So don't, you know, judge yourself or like, bash yourself around the head um, and be so self-critical as like, I've got to get out of this I shouldn't be comparing it's like yeah I know but you are so while you are just take the moment it's just a feeling you're feeling comparison but um soon you'll feel cold and in an hour you'll feel hungry you know so it's like allow those feelings to come and go they can't hurt you they can't hurt you it's just like ego makes us think that they can yeah three brilliant tips there thank you for that and definitely worth listening again to i think people to uh, to get them to sit, settle in and sink in um amazing um 
can you can you tell us what what do you do if yeah. you're feeling kind of stressed or anxious are there things yeah. that you you do this is really timely because I have actually had a really stressful anxious couple of months with like various things going on so because of that I've had to really um be kind to myself and pay attention to things so something that really helped me which I was surprised because I've not been resistant to it but I'd not really connected with it as an idea was um tapping so my friend Gail is an EFT, an emotional freedom technique, an EFT practitioner. And I left her a voice note on that WhatsApp. And I was like, hi, I hope, hope you're okay. I was like, I am not okay. I am really not okay. So I suppose this is a two in one. I asked for help, but I acknowledged I wasn't feeling all right. I said, I'm really not okay. And I don't expect you to be able to fix this. But if I'll, I'll share how I'm feeling, which is anxious, anxious, out of control, and worried about making a mistake and worried about this and worried about that. And if you can just share with me maybe where I should go from here, I just can't see like my, because I was in anxiety, anxiety for me feels like a fog. Mm. I don't know what I can see and what I can't see. It's not like there's a thing to associate with it. So if through my fog, I can see a light, it might be, you know, a light from a window 20 miles away, or it might be a bicycle about to run me over. It's right near me. I just can't sense it. And she um, very kindly recorded me an EFT session and so the tapping was really, really um, amazing. And that's very new to me too. What also helped, which I was surprised at, was screaming into a pillow, Chloe. <laughs> I don't think, don't I, you know, I, it I, you I absolutely it will not ever again. I'm going to try doing it on the daily just in case to get ahead of things. Um, but yeah, it, that's really, really helped. I realized how much frustration and stress tension I was carrying around my solar plexus in my mm. chest area um which is interesting I think too in that I don't work in Adlands anymore obviously my signs of stress were very obvious and very palpable then but they're more subtle now because I'm blessed to say I'm pretty happy um so my, my stress I've had to learn what my early warning signs are now for my stress before it kind of takes me to burnout or illness mm. or worse which it has done before um so yeah tapping screaming into a pillow making sure I have quiet time in the morning rather than picking up my phone has really really helped as well and also just focusing on the essentials especially when I'm about to be in overwhelm everyone you know people will want things immediately and I would just set different timelines you know so people you know so if for example if I'm very busy in a week and people say oh um can we when you have a moment I just won't do it like I'm not going to have a moment because not because I'm so important so busy but if I have a moment I might Oh, have a shower, cuddle my dog, you know, go and pick up that thing from the post office that's been waiting for two weeks, whatever it is. So, it, you know, it's I can't be prioritising work all the time. So it's just focusing on the essentials that need to, that ultimately do need to be done. And if the essentials can't be done in that time or on that day, it's having conversations, say, look, I'm struggling here. I need you to help me. Be fle- I, need, I need your help. What flex have you got? And there'll always be some. That's something that's been quite clear to me now actually the number of things I could have avoided had I not just asked the question but yeah you, when you know better you do better right yeah. but yeah it's a bit of a bit of a um combination for me but lots of positive self-talk as well it's a very soothing self-talk so rubbing my heart and saying you're all right babe you're all right you're doing great mm. you're all right do you want to go to bed like literally talking to myself and like nurturing myself in that way too, that really takes the edge off and I can then start to bring myself back up again. 
Um, Because I noticed that with when I'm experiencing anxiety, anxious feelings, they arrive like, hello, bang through the door, windows break, you know, a charging (laughs) elephants comes in. And yeah, it leaves very quietly at nighttime. And then I'll be, you know, at the self-checkout in the supermarket or something. I'm like, oh, I don't feel anxious anymore. That's nice. Mm, (laughs) You know, it's gradually, mm, very mm. gradually just taken like one finger off at a time and released its grip from me. Yeah, interesting observation that. Thank you for sharing that because I've I've started to ask guests on the podcast to, to share a bit about what they're struggling with because yeah. I think it's so easy for us experts to yeah. um, <laughs> you know have all the advice but also yeah. we struggle with things just as much as anyone else and we need to take our own medicine at times and it's just really good to hear you know your perspective on that and I'm a big fan of screaming into pillows I went on a course recently that was all about moving energy yeah and there were 40 of us in a room and we all had like pillows and for 20 minutes they played like metal music yeah music and we all screamed stamped our feet punched pillows pounded on these pillows it was the most crazy experience I've ever had a little taste of that but I'd sign up for dance class like you've done but um (laughs) so I'm often saying that to people because I think anger and frustration is very often at the root of anxiety for lots of us and I think anger again is another emotion that it's not really acceptable for us to feel particularly Mm. women or to express and it kind of manifests as anxiety and if you can just release that on your I like to sometimes pound on my sofa pound on my sofa as well (laughs) get on it give me some great tips here Chloe thank you (laughs) so yeah so yeah thanks for sharing that um amazing I would love to chat to you for like another four hours, but I think we wrap it up. Um, what are you up to at the moment and where can people find out about what you're um, up to? I am kind of, well, yeah, still her swimming in comparison. There's nothing kind of, I haven't got any events um, coming up in the next couple, next week or so, but probably in September. So um, I am hanging out on Instagram a lot. So if you want to um, come and join the comparison free party and um, just find my handle at Lucy Sheridan. Um, but my website is proofcoaching.com, but <laughs> excuse me, there's lots of information on there too, but yeah, kind of just ca- kind of keeping on, keeping on. That's been an interesting one about this year. I started off with some very specific goals and milestones and it became clear to me about five months into the year. These aren't mine. I've borrowed them from someone else. So normally I'd be like, there's this happening and there's this happening and oh my goodness, did you see this? You know, which would be cool and I'd be delivering it, but I'm having kind of like a bit of a steady Eddie one and I couldn't be happier about it this is where I want to be I want to keep my own pace not be following those of other people which I've been guilty of doing before good that's really good to hear and I have to say your Instagram is one of my favorites and oh well the feelings entirely mutual it's always absolutely lovely and you're always on there doing videos and things so definitely people listening check it out because you get so much value from Lucy's Insta so amazing thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us um, thanks for having me chloe you yeah you too hopefully see you soon you will do take care darling thanks bye-bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 